0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode 69 of the PATH podcast. I am Jason.
1: Hey, I'm Derek.
0: And we are so glad that you have decided to join us on the PATH today. Uh, we are continuing on in our study through the book of Revelation here at Lafayette First. And uh, yesterday, we looked at uh, the letters to four of the seven churches, um, and so we we covered a lot of ground, and there was a lot to talk about there. Um, but it, it's been really, really encouraging so far to see the goodness of our Savior in all of that. Uh, and so, Derek, if you wouldn't mind, uh, maybe just for a second, um, just you know, high notes of each of those churches, and then um, we'll we'll dig in a little deeper uh, as to what we what what you saw as you. Um, studied and then um what what we saw yesterday as you preached through those uh through those passages
1: yeah something that was very helpful for me as i've as as i've been studying was a chart in um uh, the christ-centered exposition book Mm -hmm. from uh southeastern uh hail our alma mater there (laughs) um I guess it's not necessarily from Southeastern, but basically it's from it's South a bunch of Southeastern guys, though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the revelation, one of those. And um, in there, they have a chart made made a, uh, a great understanding of how of the structure of each of Jesus's messages to each of his churches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really structured the same for all seven of the churches. And that is there is a picture of Jesus from chapter one Mm -hmm. that he he recalls and says, This is who I am to you. This is the church of you know, Jesus, you know, the one who is this, the one who holds the seven stars, the and walks among the seven lampstands, so on and so forth. I think I think that's huge to me because it helped me to break it down to be able to see how each of these have a specific theme to them.
0: yeah,
1: And then really these four in total have a specific theme for all four. Now, so there's the, the picture of Christ from chapter one that he recalls, that Jesus recalls in his message to them. Um, and then you have, um, you have, a commendation, something they were doing well, a a condemnation or something they were doing poorly, a challenge or um, a correction. So if you're doing this poorly, then you need to do this now. And then a challenge or I I would say even a, a prophecy to be fulfilled that ties in or is is drawn from, or 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 points to, I should say, something that happens in Revelation nineteen through twenty two. At the yeah. you know toward the end, it's talking about the the consummation of the kingdom of God, the consummation of all these things, and like how if we conquer, we we get that. If we overcome through Jesus, we get to have that thing and whatever that is. So, um, that idea of who jesus is from revelation one and who they what they get to experience because of jesus in revelation 19 through 22 that's in each message to each church really gave way to my four points and so i had a point for each um a principle that was, I think was found in each of the messages to the church yeah. that we can carry over to today and understand this is applicable to us today. Yeah. So the first one, I just, you know, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but just kind of give a peek behind the curtain of how I came to understand what the message to the church was. And really that primary principle that came about from each message to each church. Is that yeah. helpful? You think?
0: It is very helpful. I think that it's important to see that because it draws our attention back to the fact that this book is all about Jesus, and right. and um, and I think that so often uh, with the Book of Revelation, I think I may have said this before. <clears throat> excuse me, is that we get we we get lost in the weeds? You know, we we can't we can't see the forest for the trees, kind of thing, because we get so hung up on these little things that we miss these overarching themes that are there. Um, yeah. And so, like, for instance, one of the things that I had, I had never noticed before prior to this, and I've, I've heard people preach through the, the letters to the seven churches multiple times, um, but I had never made the connection back to chapter one, that each letter, that each different church has a connection back to a picture of who Jesus was revealed as to John. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's so important to, to see that because it's, you know, John is revealing, like he's, he's sharing with, with the churches, what he saw, like when Jesus came to him and said, Hey, I need you to write these things down. And then here's an aspect of Jesus's identity that speaks directly to what's going on in your city. And, and I think that's, that's super important to remember because, um, otherwise, we get we get caught up in the things that the churches were doing wrong, and we start to we start to sit in judgment of what these churches were doing. When in reality, we have no right to sit in judgment of what these people were doing uh, because right. we're just as guilty, if not more guilty, of some of the same things. So,
1: yeah, and I, I think your point of it, it all ties to Jesus is is huge because you see a picture of who he's revealed himself to be to John. That that caused John to fall like a dead man to his knees. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and then he recalls those things and shows us what they mean, like why he was revealed that way, specifically yeah. for the heaven churches. But then it also he points and pushes those churches to what they can be if they will rely on him as conqueror and conquer through the trials and tribulations of the things they're going through, even their sin and and wrongdoing and if they will conquer through him then they will receive this inheritance this promise this prophecy when he's victorious in his kingdom you know and so that's huge you know because that's it's so one of the things we talked about as we were kind of prepared for this podcast was you know i could have gotten into the weeds as you to use your terminology yeah And, you know, I could have, and it's, there's a temptation to do that, but time wouldn't allow it. But, you know, like who are the Nicolaitans? And what does that mean? I meant to talk about that. I just didn't have time to do it, you know, but that's again, the proverbial getting lost in the weeds. If you're like, well, the Nicolaitans could be this, they could be that. And we don't really know and all these things. Yeah. And is it, you know, are these churches, seven churches of different, you know, representative of different ages in church, you know, in the church history and da, 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 da. I, I mean, maybe, I, I don't think so because they were real churches that they were written to. And if we, if we jump to, well, what could they mean? Like this really crazy, weird thing, then we, then we fail to realize what it was and what it should have been. You know, yeah. this was a message of Jesus through John to a specific church to seven specific churches it's like i mean we wouldn't go and take galatians and be like i wonder if that's like the church age of you know he's talking no he wrote that paul wrote that to the actual church in galatia you know we well this is the same thing here you want it 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 cannot mean something now that it did not mean to them then absolutely the prophecies they didn't understand and weren't fulfilled yet i get that that's not what i'm talking about i'm just saying it's not church ages it's or that's you know they it represents all churches that we see principles and those kind of things but it was written to the ephesian church to the smyrna church to the thyatarian church so on and so forth so mm-hmm. all that to say and and then not to get lost in all the well what is this what does this mean, what does this mean? but it's this tie of Here's who Jesus is and who you need to know and, and how he how he has the right to be the Lord over you and over your church. Mm-hmm. And here's where Jesus is pushing you to so that one day you can experience his promises fulfilled in the consummation of his kingdom.
0: Yeah,
1: And all that's wrapped into one. And so that's all the rest <laughs> just leads you to understand those things better. So um, with that in mind, I think the first thing we saw the principle to take away from the message to the Smyrna church was that Jesus' death and resurrection allow him to reign over all things. Mm-hmm. This is a tie back to Ephes- or to Revelation 1 uh, verse 9, where John says, hey, I'm a fellow sufferer with you, Christians. Right, these seven churches. You've been suffering. I suffer too. I'm on the island of Patmos right now, um, and we suffer in fellowship with Jesus's sufferings. And Jesus's sufferings brought about the kingdom, and the kingdom came through. Um, the kingdom came through affliction and endurance, is what it says. Yeah. So, in that phrase in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, um, I, John, your brother and partner in the affliction, kingdom, and endurance, that triad there, affliction, kingdom, and endurance, the grammar of that in the Greek is really just one thing. Hmm. And then it's fleshed out into two different ways. So, the kingdom, comes about because of Jesus's affliction and endurance. The kingdom for the for the churches is fleshed out in their affliction and their endurance.
0: Yeah. And
1: so it's through the affliction and the endurance that the kingdom is inherited. It's the kingdom is uh, received by Jesus and the, his, his ability to be king and ruler over all things is because he was afflicted and he endured and us too as christians because we are afflicted and enduring through our sufferings we have the right to be fellow heirs with with jesus we identify or as paul said in philippians three ten, uh that we fellowship with jesus's sufferings yeah so suffering brings about a greater reliance upon jesus a greater understanding of who jesus is and what jesus went through and we have the comfort of knowing that whatever we're going through jesus is there with us and that's what jesus is saying to the smyrna church the smyrna church is the only one that doesn't have a condemnation they only have a commendation and because they don't have a condemnation they don't have a correction either yeah and so jesus only says to them listen i know you've been afflicted i know you've struggled and listen in 10 days you're going to struggle even more. Yeah. But I am with you in fellowship because I've been there and I've suffered myself. He says, "I am the first and the last. So I'm eternal God, right? I'm from the beginning and the end. I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm I'm I span across time or uh I span on the outside of time. I'm the creator of time. Yeah. I was before everything, I'm after everything will will end." So he's the first and the last that he's eternal God, but he says, but I'm also the one who was, al- uh, was dead, but is now alive. So I died for you. I was afflicted and endured suffering and pain on your behalf. So that I would be able be able to identify with your struggles and your, your, uh, difficulties. Yeah. He tells them, that hey yeah you've had affliction hey you you're gonna have all this stuff but you are rich Mm. you know as the world would count it you're poor but as i count it you're rich why because they had suffered in the for the name of christ yeah so what's cool is the promise there for them is that um the cause of their affliction He says in verse 11, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will never be harmed by the second death. Mm. So our our promises there is that uh, the second death is the judgment, right? The judgment of, of, of eternal hell, basically. Yeah. That the one who conquers in Christ no longer, it cannot be harmed by that. Mm -hmm. and so that I mean that's that's a beautiful amazing thing
0: yeah any thoughts yeah no I I totally agree with you I think that um you know we we always want to part of uh, uh how do that how do we describe it like it's it's like um Christian idolatry and I know that sounds weird to say but we we make an idol out of the things Jesus gives us as opposed to worshiping him and, um, and, you know, you, you read over and over and over again through the writings of Paul, through really all of the New Testament, that in order for us to share in Christ's victory, we also have to share in his suffering. And that it's not just, uh, you know, Jesus is this incredible heavenly benefactor that, that uh, just gives us the things that we want. No, he, he is the one who as we share in the sufferings with him, we get to share in the victory that he won because we we can't in ourselves overcome those those difficulties that we face in life. And so we have to rely on Jesus. And as we rely on him, then we get to share in his victory. And I, and I think that's, a, that's an important thing to remember.
1: Well, and the promise from Revelation 19 through 22 that is given to that Smyrna church is that they will wear the crown of life yeah you know and that's a reference um from uh revelation i think it's revelation 20 and so you know we receive the crown of life when when we conquer because of of jesus's power in our life and so you know i think that's um that's important yeah absolutely absolutely the the thing that was that that was a you know it was rough for the Smyrna church, but they, you know, it was good for them. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. Some of these other churches were doing crazy things, which I think, I think maybe it's a good time right now to take a moment and just talk about this is real life. You know, these yeah. churches were real churches dealing with real messy situations because dealing with people and their baggage is messy yeah Uh, it's not clear-cut dry and easy to conquer you know right we are we are sinners who needed (laughs) redemption in jesus and we received redemption in jesus but a lot of times those sin and their their hold on our life for the temptation of a life that has a hold on us carries over and we make mistakes you know right and and jesus doesn't just gloss over those oh well you'll you know you'll get it next time you know yeah um we see in these in these passages jesus is eternal god as he declared to the church of smyrna i'm the first and the last but i'm also the resurrected lamb so like i see and i judge because i am eternal god i know what's going on you can't hide anything from me but I also made a way for your sins to be forgiven and for you to be changed and made into my image. Yeah. And so we see that in each of these messages. Yeah, these people were dealing with messed up situations, but God made a way for them to get out of that situation as well. Yes, he is a rightful judge. He is he is the epitome of of justice and achieving what is right and perfect and righteous, but when we could not attain to that ourselves, he made a way Mm. for that to be accomplished in our lives in spite of us, and I just want to say whatever is going on in the church of Pergamum, Thyatira, and Sardis, and the grace that Jesus gives them even in the midst of their true wrongdoing, I as much, if not more, need that same grace of Jesus to cover me and my wrongs. And uh, our church needs the grace of Jesus to help us to be what he wants us to be and to conquer through him in the end. Um, But, you know, we we like to, as you've already already said, we like to really nitpick, oh, this church did that and they did that. Look at all their wrongdoing but we fail if we focus on that we fail to realize the 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 way out jesus made yeah for them.
0: yeah absolutely um, i think you're
1: right when thinking about when thinking about you know holding these two things in tension jesus as eternal god first and last but one who was dead and now is alive resurrected lamb right this gentle lamb who died for us this weak you know eternally strengthened the god you know god in all his might and power and god in some form of of weakness you know as one slain before the foundation of the world and somehow those two things exist perfectly within the same realm yeah and that's what's held together through all these. So I think about, you know, God who can see and judge, and and we'll talk about that in a moment, that that, uh, because he's the word made flesh, he judges everything rightly, and because he's solid and firm, Jesus sees things as they truly are. Nothing can be hidden from him, and because light and life are in him, Jesus knows when the light is faded and the spirit departed. We'll talk about those in a moment, but I think about what what David knew about his own heart yeah. when he wrote Psalm 139. And he said, verse 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Mm. So it's the same beautiful picture of Jesus. Yeah, he's he's God, he, we can't hide anything from him, he knows everything about us, but he He points out the offensive ways, but he leads us into the way everlasting, so we, we have those two things perfectly held yeah. together. Um, I think I jumped ahead, because I think we're going to talk about that, and then jump to that at the end. Uh, any thoughts here on that, and then maybe we can hit specifics about those last three churches
0: yeah no i think i think you're so right that we we a lot of times want to um i mean i know i've been guilty of this in the past and and as a as a church we're guilty of this at times too where we want to condemn people more than jesus condemns them and we want to condemn them and not give them any hope of restoration where Jesus never does that. <laughs> he he tells all these churches, "Like, hey, listen, you you have to stop this. That what you're doing is wrong. But here's the way to come back to me." Um, and I think a lot of times we fall into the trap of saying that this person or these people are doing the wrong thing. There's no hope for them. Let's just write them off. And um, and that nothing could be further from the gospel because. Um, in actuality, that's, that's the truth for all of us. We all, all of us were without hope except for Jesus, you know? And, and so for us to think, oh, well, you know, my sins could be forgiven and I could, I could experience God's grace, but those people can't experience God's grace. That's such that number one, that's super selfish. Number two, that's super self-righteous for us to think that, um, that, god's grace terminates on us that it stops with us it's not it doesn't continue moving um and and i think that that's a really dangerous place to find ourselves in we become very pharisaical in our actions if that's if that's where we end up thinking and, and acting
1: yeah i'm even reminded of, of the pharisees who brought a woman caught in adultery to jesus right yeah and you know that that you're right. We, we, we do become parasitical when we are the ones who say, you know, Jesus condemns you and there's no hope otherwise. Yeah. Cause that's what they did is they said, Hey, master teacher, rabbi, Hey, this lady, we found her, you know, always want to know in that, in that scenario, where was the dude? Right. Right. It's probably one of them. It was probably one of them or one yeah. that they knew that they gave him a write off, but in the law, It said both of them should be brought to the city in stone. Yeah. Where was the dude? But that's not the point. They were trying to catch Jesus in something. And Jesus, you know, he does the whole thing where he draws in the sand and everyone's like, this this is the whole, like, proverbial, like, this is case point number one. What was Jesus? uh, uh, This is case point number one of missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. Because everyone's like. What was Jesus writing in the sand? Who cares? Right. <laughs> That's not the point. Yeah. The point is, he says, as he's writing in the sand, in the dirt, "Hey, who among you is worthy uh, and is without sin and is willing to come and grab the first stone and cast it at this woman?" Yeah. That was a that was a scathing mark on their uh, spiritual um, estate. So much so that they were convicted enough by it to walk away. Yeah. Each individually. I kind of see this picture of like people casting their stones down and like, well, I can't, I'm, I'm a sinner. I can't, I'm a sinner. I've, I've sinned. You know, they, they had to acknowledge that they were without, they were not without sin either. Right. And then Jesus says to the woman, where are your accusers? And they're all gone. Yeah. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Mm-hmm but go and sin no more yeah yes yeah, so jesus didn't shy away from the fact that she had done wrong right but what he did say was listen i have grace and mercy this available to you go and sin no more that i mean that's that should be our heart too <laughs> yeah i mean we it doesn't mean that we are like the the thyatiran church or the Pergamon church that are dealing with tolerating sexual immorality and idolatry yeah we're not doing that we're not tolerating sin we we do need to be clear about what is sin and what is not sin but it does not give us the right to be the the righteous judge of everyone that's Jesus' yeah. job and so we we don't tolerate that but we also hold up equally the grace of Jesus, so that they can be made new. Yeah. And the thing I keep coming to is that, man, without the grace of Jesus, what hope do I have? Yeah. You know, I have, um, I have past sexual immorality, but I have, um, that needs to be forgiven, and I, I need the grace of Jesus for. But I also have, you know, uh, wrong thoughts this week or last week or. You have things that need the grace of God every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Now, thank God by His grace, I am overcoming those temptations and 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 trials and 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 sinfulness in my own life. I've overcome that, and I'll continue to overcome it. But I need the grace of God as much as anyone. Mm. And so, I think if you have a proper understanding of the grace of God that's been given to you, you will be much more apt and willing to give the grace of God away to others. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you don't point out the wrongs. It just means that when you do, you don't make it hopeless. You know, it's you, you, you give the hope of, yeah, you've done wrong, but Jesus redeems. Yeah. You've done wrong, but Jesus bought sin. Yeah. You've done wrong, but Jesus died and rose again so that you could be made new and have new life given to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that so often we, we forget or we, we, we relish the opportunity to help to in this process of accountability with each other that we think, oh, this gives me free license to point out everybody else's flaws. And yes, we do need to call sin on the carpet and say, Hey, listen, this has to stop and Jesus does the same thing in these letters like hey what you're doing has to stop but he also continues moving and we forget the other side of our of our accountability relationships where not only do we help point out people's sin in a loving way but we're also accountable to point them back to Jesus at the same yeah. time and it's not just this we, we like to be <laughs> we like to be judge jury and executioner when it comes to sin, and, and that's where we get into the trap of just writing people off, and to your point, you said we, that is not our position. We are the ones who point out the sin and say, hey, listen, you need to go to Jesus and ask forgiveness for this and repent of it, but you have to go to Jesus. You don't come to me to do that. You know, we don't right. come to you to do that as our pastor, and and it's, I think that that's a really important thing to remember that, um, again, one, I think one of the things that we're going to see all through the Book of Revelation is this tension that's going on at all times, and that we have to uh, we have to remember that that tension is that's Jesus's tension. That's not our tension to hold. <laughs> that's Jesus's yeah. tension. So um, remembering yeah. that, I think remembering our place in this whole situation is so vitally important because if we don't, then we do become the Pharisees and we we think that we're the the judge, jury, and executioner when we are not in any of those positions. Those those belong to Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, very quickly for these last three. Yeah. Jesus, I love Jesus does the sandwich approach or the Oreo Mm. approach. Yeah. He talks about something good that they've done. And then he points something negative out. And then he points a way for them to find a way out of it. Right. It's not over yet. It's news. So it's good news bad news good news yeah that's the oreo uh, analogy with the bad news cream So he says yeah 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 because <laughs> yeah. perfect yeah i mean it, absolutely
0: yeah
1: um so i know the slander of those who say they're jews and not but um uh so he i know your affliction and poverty he says that's uh, smyrna he says, and to the per- Pergamon church, um, yeah, I know where you live, where Satan's throne is, yet you're holding on to my name and did not deny your faith in me. So that's the good, you didn't deny your faith. But mm-hmm. he says, but there's some of you that are pract- practicing idolatry um, and sexual immorality like Balaam, you know, the, the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to be a stumbling block. And he says, and some of you are holding to the teachings of the Nicolaitans, which also had to deal with Gnosticism, but, but this idea that, you know, we could do whatever we wanted to sexually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he said, so that's the bad news, right? I have this against you. But then he has a way for them to, to find a way out. So repent. No. You know? And then... He says, if you do, I will give you righteousness. I will give you nourishment, hidden manna, righteousness, white stone, and a new name. I'll give you acceptance. So if you overcome that, if you repent, if you conquer, yeah. you will receive nourishment, spiritual nourishment. I think of, you know, I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So I will fill you up. I will give you righteousness, a white stone, and I will give you a new name. I will accept you in my kingdom. Mm. That's great news, man. Yeah. Wonderful news. For those who were truly being led astray to these terrible things, Thyatira was very similar. There was They were doing some good stuff. Jesus noted that, but there were some, you know, following the teaching of uh, or they were tolerating Jezebel, which again is representative of of sexual morality and idolatry.
0: Yeah,
1: and he's you know, uh, you know, the idea of tolerating that is 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 damaging. You know, oftentimes toleration just comes well, you know, you know, I don't want to say anything. I don't be upset. I don't want people to be upset with me. I don't want to, you know. And, and then it leads to not just tolerating it, but actually participating in it. And ultimately it, it 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 comes to a church that is left with no power because they live their lives just like the rest of the world. And the world's like, what makes you any different than me? You just believe in a an arcane God that is is not needed to be worshipped, you know. So yeah. yeah, you know, it's just the same idea, but the promise is there for them in the end that they can repent, they can turn. And that they will be, they will have the morning star, is what's from Revelation nineteen mm-hmm. through twenty two, and the morning star is Jesus Himself. Yeah. So, hey, you've done wrong, you've tolerated this, but if you repent, if you turn, then you can have me, right? Again, you know, like you can have me, you. I am available to you. And then, the church in Sardis. Um, it's 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 really scathing to them because there's very little he says they've done well he says i know your works but then he says you have a reputation for being alive but you are dead Mm -hmm. and uh, jumps right to it but then he gives them an opportunity he says wake up be alert and strengthen what's remain what remains which is about to die so like there's a little bit left you better strengthen it while you have time he says, repent, remember, and um, and then he basically says, if you will, you can walk with me in white again because you're worthy. And then the same one who conquers, the one who conquers will be dressed in white clothes and his name will be in the book of life. So, I mean, you, you have this idea of righteousness can return through Christ, through his sacrifice, through what he accomplished, through conquering alongside of the resurrected land. Um, so the the eternal God sees our sin and nothing is hidden from Him. But the but the resurrected land, the same God, same God, gives you the ability to be lifted up from your your dire estate, mm-hmm. to be seen by the by the eternal God in a way <laughs> that is uh, full of. Uh, grace, redemption, and, and eternal love as well, so.
0: Yeah, Yeah, one, one of the things that, that I love, um, I think, uh, in, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 there, uh, I think what he says to the church at Sardis applies to all of the churches, and applies to us as well, where, like, I love in verse 2, where Jesus says, wake up, and that I, I love that. And, you know, it's just two words, but in my mind, you see the incredible grace and love of God in those two words where Jesus is saying to all these churches, listen, I love you too much to let you stay where you're at. Yeah. You cannot continue to do what you're doing. If you're going to call yourself my followers and I love you enough to tell you to wake up. And I think that's something that all of us need to hear that, Um, because while, while we may not be, you know, following the teachings of the Nicolaitans and uh, practicing open sexual immorality, we all have sin in our lives. And God is saying through the book of revelation to us, wake up, wake up. I love you too much to let you stay where you're at. This has to change. And, and, um, man, that's just, that's so encouraging to me to hear, our savior say the words to us wake up i love you and i want you to wake up out of this um and it's just it's it's a beautiful picture to me
1: maybe that's our our final takeaway is just that god wake us up you know Mm -hmm. uh, stir us again stir (laughs) us to living again you know yeah Uh, and i don't mean just individually but as a people as as a as a congregation, but as the people of God all over, you know, wake us up Lord so that we can be a light for you in this hard time. Uh, Yeah. I think that's huge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right.
1: Well, this is where we
0: turn it over to you guys. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us through this kind of extra long episode, but that's okay. Um, There was some really good stuff that we needed to dig into here that Um, that we, that we covered yesterday. Um, But what, what is God teaching you through this? What, what has God opened your eyes to maybe? Um, How has God, have you, how have you felt encouraged as you read through this? Um, Because I think sometimes we can get so caught up on the negatives that God points out that Jesus points out in these letters that we miss the fact that Jesus was very, uh, encouraging to these churches as well. And so how have you felt encouraged through this? We'd love to know. You can email us at the path at or you can comment right on this YouTube video or on this podcast. We would love to hear from you. And I know we say that every week, but we mean it. We'd really love to hear from you. Um, to know how, how God's working in your life. And so um, we'd love to interact with you in that way. Um, but we're going to continue on. We have one more week in this chunk of Revelation uh, as we look at the last two letters to the church at Philadelphia and the church at Laodicea uh, next week. Um, And then we'll take a break for a little bit and and look at some other things before we come back to this book Um, over the next two years. We have it planned out. We planned this out last week of how long it's going to take us to get through the book of Revelation. And I'm excited about it. But um, but until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek, And we hope that you will join us next time as we continue down the path.